Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Hey! Hi! How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We have a special we guest. We do have a special guest. <laughs> we're here with Angeline. Woo! Woo-hoo! From Firekeeper's Star. Yes. And we're just going to do a quick little Q&A yes. for you guys. So Super excited. Hopefully you guys are excited too. Yeah, I think everyone's really excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All righty. So, so, I guess let's jump into it. Yeah, it's okay if we ask you some questions. Definitely. I'm just, I love your podcast. Aww. And uh, every now and then I will um, type in the title of my book yes. and see what, if there's any podcasts out there that are um, uh, talking about my book. And, and actually, that's how I found your podcast. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. that's, that's yep. really great. Have really there been excited. many others? Um, a couple, but none have done the deep dive that that you have. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. I mean, that's four different episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you? I'm sorry. Do you have a cat? Yes, I do. Is oh, he I like? Yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, cute. So cute. Yeah, he's always like. Oh, oh my yeah. god what's his name patchy oh, is this patchy. why donis has a cat yeah <gasps> i was wondering <laughs> that's so cute all right okay. are we ready yes let's yes. do it all righty um first we're gonna just um start off actually my husband gave uh, asked a few questions as well he listens so, he it's listens. so cute <laughs> um so he was asking if during character development um, do you have like specific people in mind in your life? Like, is there someone in your life that you modeled Donis after? Originally, she started out like me, you know, mm-hmm. that we're both uh, light-skinned Ojibwe girls. And um, so she was a lot like me. But then, I mean, I worked on the book for 10 years and yeah. I have so many different drafts. And at a certain point, she became she became self-aware um she became independent of me and took on qualities that I don't have and that just seemed so right for her like I'm not good in science or math and I've never I've never played hockey so you you pulled it off yeah yeah took on a life of her own other characters were really inspired by um, people that I know. So okay. Aunt Teddy is kind of an amalgam of a lot of uh, different Native women that I've gotten to know in other in different tribal communities that I've worked in. And there always seem to be these like strong, you know, strong women oh. that have their shit together. Yeah, and, I love that. You know. And, we loved Teddy. We do. Yeah. 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 She yep. was awesome. Yep. So yeah, and then a lot of the elders were inspired by 
elders in my community. The elders. Yes, we have like, as you know, we had a really soft spot for all the elder yes, and like yes. that connection was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you be able to talk a little bit more about Stormy's character? Um, he was a favorite among our um, book club babes Facebook group. Yeah. And um, we also wanted to know why he wasn't speaking after he was arrested. Yes, I knew you would have that question. Yes, we have um, it. <laughs> originally, Stormy was going to be right there with, with Levi and Mike. And every time I tried to, originally, that's how I wrote Stormy. But there was something about him that there was always something so endearing about yeah. him. There was some quality about him that I just couldn't. He fell flat when I made him into a villain. Right. But when I looked at um, his background and upbringing, that some people would say was, you know, that he didn't have the best home life right. and his parents, you know, depending, um, you know, what was going on with them, uh, you know, maybe there was some neglect. Uh, but really looking at it, that, um, at the end of the book, mm -hmm. he's actually got the most intact um, family mm -hmm. and he has strengths that nobody else, you know, that other people don't have, um, you know, with his dad and his mom drumming and singing, uh, praying for him outside oh, that's of the, totally true. Yeah. The, the thing. Yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. to show that maybe how we initially view um maybe low-income parents or parents that struggle with substance abuse and we see them as not being good parents but if we you know to take a second look at that and and to see that there is that love and totally. there are resources that they have that maybe we haven't given them credit for right um so yeah and then the part about having stormy not say anything you you touched on it in the pot in you know, your episode, mm -hmm. um, the fourth episode of the podcast talking about Firekeeper's Daughter, um, that he loves Levi like a brother. Levi is, is a brother to him. And like his moral compass, he didn't want to be involved in right. the drugs, right. you know, mm -hmm. like he saw how substances have, you know, uh, totally totally, you know, with his parents and everything yeah. that they yeah. had gone through. Yeah. But he would never betray Levi. It was kind of like he, he wanted to be neutral and not, not be involved in the illegal activities. He could um, dissociate himself yes. out yes, of. Totally. Because right. he still wanted it. to remain close with Levi. Yeah. And, and yeah. still be Levi's, you know, mm -hmm. best friend. Right. But then, you know, you're right that spending all that time around Levi and Mike, he would hear things that were going on. And so I had it that in my mind that um, he heard, uh, he knew what was happening with Donna right. and, and right. Jamie. Right. And so he wanted to check on Donna's, you know, and find out what was, yeah. you know, if she was okay. Right. Um, and, and then finding Jamie and then yeah, you know, releasing him. Yeah. So after he's a, arrested, does he just remain silent so that he doesn't betray Levi? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. He yeah. can't, yeah. if he says anything, uh, he just, he decides that 
words are not going to serve him. Right. There is no answer that he can, he can't respond to any question where it doesn't hurt Levi right. or, you know, like yeah, he, yes. just the, the safest thing for him to do is to not speak at all. Totally. But then, then this resource, you know, that his parents speak um, Anishinaabe Moen and, mm -hmm. and so that he can talk to his parents that yeah. he, he yeah. had that, he had that, um, you know, the things that his parents yeah. taught him. Yes. Uh, that, yeah. So I that, actually really why. love you saying that we kind of find out that although his parents were a little bit dysfunctional, they were ideally, like, like you said, the most intact parents where on paper, you would think Levi's mother, the judge mm -hmm. was like an ideal yeah. parent. And mm -hmm. we find out that she very clearly was not. not. Yeah. So right. that's really beautiful. And then, like yep. you said, with the drumming outside the prison and um, mm -hmm. what his parents were, what, uh, Stormy's parents were doing for him. It, yeah. That is a really beautiful yeah. perspective mm -hmm. to kind of wrap that up with him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I love, I love that little backstory. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah, I do. Thank you for explaining that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you I've so never, much. I've never shared that anywhere else. Oh, oh that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exclusive oh my little uh, tidbit for, yes. for your listeners. We're so honored. Yes, honestly, we are. We're so honored to be yeah. speaking with you. This yes. feels unbelievable. <laughs> We've been like over the moon all week. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. Okay, I've got a good question for you. Did you secretly pick out a real name for Jamie or has he only ever been Jamie to you? No, he has a real name. I know it. What is it? Will you tell you? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Does your second book involve Donis? She makes an appearance or two. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Okay. Oh my goodness. All okay. right. Okay. 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 Jamie has a name. Jamie has a name. Okay. It's not Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then do, so do Levi and Teddy have any kind of relationship? Because we don't really see them interact often. Um, it's not as close as, you know, obviously as, you know, the relationship that Teddy has with Donna's. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's Dana. Um, okay. Right. Okay. you know, I, I, I kind of think that, um, that Teddy maybe knows more than what yes. she's ever let on. And right. I think Dana's manipulations that, that would be something that Teddy would have been aware of totally yeah right. she seems okay. very intuitive yeah. and like kind of just like a no mm -hmm. bullshit attitude so yeah. that that actually makes a yeah. lot of sense yeah, yeah. I just had that feeling even yeah and like obviously she is very in tune with her community yes so. totally yeah and then too like how you know Donis is so hungry for the language and cultural teachings and to be you know to really um embrace you know being Ojibwe and Levi doesn't and no. really hasn't like, yeah. and, and that was another thing too, about him being kind of the golden boy of the reservation that everyone, you know, looks up to him, but really he's not connected to his culture, um, in the way that Donis is. And, you know, and that's certainly, that's fine. And not every, um, indigenous person needs to, you know, be connected to their culture, but I just wanted to maybe juxtapose um, how people view uh, Levi and how yes. they view Donis and, um, 
you know, and the whole part about identity, I think, you know, Levi doesn't care what people, you know, if people think he's, you know, for, it, it doesn't mean the same things that it does for Donis. Yeah. yeah. And I think that. that's another reason why Donis and Teddy are so especially close. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm just with you speaking about that with Levi. I feel like we really see that at the Shigala yes. when he gives his yeah. speech, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. he's using the indigenous aspect of himself, like when it's convenient mm -hmm. yeah. almost. Yeah. 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 that performative aspect and yes. and certainly there you know I we know plenty of people who you know perform their yes. their culture right and you know that's that's their choice um but I just yeah I did want to show Levi's um kind of ability to give people what they want yeah. and maintain a certain image yeah yeah, yeah. well he was very manipulative yes. we find that out yeah. obviously yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah being raised by Dana that's, yes that makes yeah. sense yeah actually. yeah I think you might have actually mentioned that that maybe there was that reason why he was so mm -hmm. he could notice the um like an issue but then like completely just let it melt off of him yeah like disassociate disassociate from it. exactly yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you know, Dana grew up, you know, very poor. Yes. And that really um, affected how she viewed life and her um, getting what she wanted, mm -hmm. that her child was never going to go hungry. Her child was never going to be cold. Her mm -hmm. child, you know, and, and so that's also why she had such affinity for Stormy. Yes. Um, she him you know, you. yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was that kindness about her, but it was more she saw herself in Stormy and did for Stormy what she wished someone would have done for her. Right. So I, I you know, Dana's an interesting character, very, yeah. um, you know, very focused and um, doing whatever she needs to do to be safe and warm and, and feel like she's not dependent on someone right. to, give her money or you know no, like that's very interesting yeah, yeah. she's it, and I can kind of see what you're saying like where that comes from her childhood like the fight or flight response and she's fighting like she's mm -hmm. just yeah. fighting for yeah. everything but continues on into adulthood when she has everything she needs yeah right yeah. and you know to be the the tribe's first you know tribal member judge yeah um you know person from the community and just to have these ambitions and she wanted Levi senior and like just this single-minded focus yeah. and and I think there are people who are very high functioning um high functioning dysfunctional oh yes. 100 yeah. So, you know? yeah 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 you see that a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> unfortunately <Yeah. laughs> um I also had to ask was Donna's pregnant because of the like son like she'd seen like a son character or like that um they were daydreaming in the hospital and she was holding hands with Jamie and a little boy so was she no she no, was okay. not okay. I was right oh, okay 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 <laughs> I was right on that one. was that just like was she thinking what could have been or it was in her subconscious okay so whether it was a dream or a vision okay um, or you know that okay. yeah that's what came to her okay yeah that was that was actually it was really beautiful mm -hmm. I'm it wondering was. if there's a part two I wonder if there <laughs> <is>. <laughs> okay um 
I read that your father was or is rather a traditional firekeeper. And I was curious, does art share any similarities with your dad? Because art is a beautiful character. Mm -hmm. We don't see a lot of him, but what we do see Mm -hmm. is he seems very grounded and just a really nice character. Yep. Well, you know, when I thought it was important to show, you know, a loving relationship that, you know, Teddy and art just modeling, um, a healthy non-toxic relationship where people are loved and respected and um, that they um, value, you know, that beauty of their, their family. Um, So our, yeah. So my dad is a traditional firekeeper. And so, you know, he, he strikes the fire and he tells stories while he's, you know, taking care of the fire. And he likes to take that night shift uh, when the fire is going, because usually it's going for like, four continuous day, you know, right. days. Um, but he likes to take that night shift because he says that's when the interesting things happen. And oh, um, cool. actually uh, with the little people, he he saw out of the corner of his eye one night, he saw a little, wee, he said it was a little wee woman just sitting over um, oh, okay. near him at the fire. Okay. And he said he knew that if he moved or anything uh, that she would go, but he, um, he like tried to sit as perfectly still and just see her watch her out of the corner of his eye wow. and and so I grew up mm-hmm. just like little people they're not a fable or a myth no. to me. they're real you know yeah. we have an elder in our community who um when he was a little boy he went missing mm-hmm. and he said that the little people took care of him and similarly people, in the story I think it was yeah it yeah was it was no. No, it was Leonard. Kimmel. Yes, Leonard. Yeah. yeah, Leonard. Leonard Banatu. Yeah. And 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 so, you know, when people are just like, oh, yep, yep. And and they're not like, oh, something else no. must have happened, or right. there must be right. some scientific explanation. And it's no. I I like that not everything has to be explained. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So yeah sure. that's cool that was that, a that, that was, was an interesting, interesting aspect to the for book sure it, it was. kind of added like an extra like a cake like an extra layer mm-hmm. yeah because I wanted to make sure that Donis knew those kids were um the kids in Minnesota they had a shared cultural experience of right the little people yes. they weren't having a group hallucination and so to her that meant as long as she could keep the FBI focused on the supposedly hallucination aspect Mm -hmm. that they would never find out what actually had been put into meth x interesting yeah yeah because we didn't Mm -hmm. she didn't want them like meddling Mm -hmm. in everything right right so it was a way to protect her culture was to keep them off thrown off the track yeah Yeah. you wrote donis's conflict beautifully yes yeah um you can feel it it's just the way that you Mm -hmm. did it was so good and you also wrote donis's voice in such a strong way where i had like chantelle knew from the beginning if you listened but i believed like i was on donis's (laughs) side even when she got in coach bobby's car i was like yes donis because he had driven her everywhere. Like, and I'm yeah. not that gullible. So <laughs> it was really well written. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, was there a specific character that was challenging to create? Um, TJ was actually the last oh, character TJ. that I added. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, 
yeah, he was like the last major character that I added into the to the story. Right. Um, wanting, but it wasn't that he was difficult to write. Um, well, his role, he kind of, yeah. he plays a minimal role, but also a big, big role. role. Yeah. Because he, he kind of distracts mm-hmm. you from seeing, like when Donna says yeah. she gets the good guys and the bad guys yes. confused. Yeah. And yeah. He, he sort of like, so all throughout, I I was like, TJ is the one. Yeah. He kind of throws you off the yes. path. Yeah. 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 So I feel like without, and even at the end when mm-hmm. he's the one that helps yeah. Donna with the car accident, I feel like it would be very different if it wasn't someone that she knew and trusted yeah yeah right 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 yeah 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 I just and that part too like um because when Donna's dad died you know she was seven years old and he had just told her you know I'm gonna go away for a little while but when I come back everything's gonna be you know better everything's gonna be all right good and and then you know her dad died and I think when um children experience such loss um I don't think that people really I think they look and see if a child is still playing or if a child is doing well in school it seems like oh they're handling their their grief but for Donna's it left such a profound mark on her Mm -hmm. um you know like the first of the guy lies of you know the things that people say that they don't mean and in her mind that's kind of what it was and then for her first um intimate relationship with a with a guy uh tj to mm-hmm. have that similar abandonment after he tells her that he loves her yes um you know that really kind of she has this kind of love language or she has these like um you know that's really part of her struggle is loving someone and being afraid that they're going to leave and totally it's a huge yeah. trigger so, yeah. for her yeah yeah, that would yeah. Be right. I also really love that we got that closure mm-hmm. from TJ yeah. in the bathroom yeah I feel like that was yeah yeah I, I saw like I softened a lot towards yeah. TJ when that happened yes. and it also was just like are you kidding me mm-hmm. <laughs> like Levi mm-hmm. what are you up to Why? You gotta yeah. Be yeah oh my goodness okay this one comes from um a listener Summer she wants to know uh there was there were times in the book where it seemed as though the storyline was building to a certain result only to have it shift and go in another direction how much of the storyline was planned out before you started writing and how many aspects of the book evolved and developed as you were writing? That's a really great question. question. I always knew the beginning. I always knew the ending and I always knew that Levi was going to be involved. Okay. Everything else has changed. Um, Different drafts. I had Donna's being like so perfect and making all these great decisions. And she was really boring. And then I had other <laughs> versions where she was like really disturbed and she oh, did, no. you know, she really made some piss poor choices, <laughs> but you know, um, everyone got a turn to be a villain. Right. And, and I think that just kind of helped me to see like what rang true. So I had the basic, um, like skeleton of the plot that I knew I wanted. Yeah. But in the writing of it, I really discovered so much like the, the, 
um, the FU shoes that <laughs> came to me while I was, I was just like, you know, typing away and I would get up in the morning and write between five and 8 a.m. And then okay. I'd have to get on the um, metro and go into DC for my day job. Oh my um, so yeah, that early morning was the only time I had to write. And I loved it because that's when I was like the most fresh and yeah. felt mm-hmm. like creative. Mm-hmm. And I was just typing away. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, the shoes aren't fuck me shoes or fuck you shoes. And yes. um, I love that yes. so much. I, I read that so line over. Excited, and yeah. I just like it was hard to pull myself away from my computer at home to, you know, go get, do the job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To go to, to go to work. But I just remember like the whole day being like, I got it. That was, that was incredible. That, that, that mm. like high-fiving myself. Yes, 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 yeah. 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 And yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of wonderful things just kind of happened as I was writing and I always took those as like a really great sign that the story was bigger than me right and if I just trusted that and was open to it that the story could take it could take me to different things in the story that I wouldn't have been you yeah. know anticipating that I have found it on my yeah. own or if I had been a strict platter right yeah. like post-it notes everywhere like a serial oh killer yeah. Yeah. Lines. yeah I'm so happy with how Jonas yes. did turn out yeah. we yeah. like we have been chatting and mm-hmm. we she's our yeah. favorite we absolutely female love character her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that we've read that in we've read books. in the book club so far yeah. just in general yeah yeah she's perfect she is <laughs> um we had kind of touched on this earlier but um, the relationship that Donis has with the elders of her community is so beautiful. Um, would you feel comfortable explaining uh, to us the um, elder connection in Indigenous culture? Sure. Like, um, you know, our elders, we just, we value them. And the way that we, when we gather as a community, like, you know, like if, if you're sitting an elder better not be standing, um, you know, that kind of thing. And okay. that, um, you know, when it's time to eat, you know, the elders go first and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, I just adore our elders. And when I worked for my tribe, um, I, I was um, in our tribal government, I oversaw our education, culture, recreation, social services, and elder divisions. Oh my and goodness. I would, I would go have lunch with our elders um, probably once a week and just enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the part about the technology. So my dad, <laughs> my dad's 80 now. And um, about, uh, gosh, maybe seven years ago or so, mm-hmm. more than that. Uh, there was a pro the local school got a grant and it was to give iPads to elders if they signed up for teens to teach them how to use the iPad and so my dad was in his 70s and he got an iPad and he got taught how to use it and now like we can't get him off that iPad (laughs) you know and uh, so I just loved that 
reinforcing that we are not stagnant. We've always mm-hmm. adapted to survive mm-hmm. and showing that with the elders and their use of technology mm-hmm. to stay on us. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I cried. Yeah. I cried. That was so, yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Love. I love the elder yes. characters that you yes. created. They were, yeah. 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 Special oh, I have a question for you. Oh, what is it? If you, okay, pick one of these four options. Would okay. you rather go bottle picking with John Z, pick, go picking medicines with Sini, go joyriding with Minnie, or go to garage sales with Granny June? Oh, oh Granny June. No. Granny June, 100%. Oh, I loved her. I love Granny June too. But, but Sini also, Sini, I cried. I like bawled my eyes out at Sini and Donis's like little apprenticeship. You love that. Oh, I'm gonna dwell <laughs> up again. But Granny June's like a no nonsense. She tells you how it is. Yeah. She seems like a hoot. Yeah. Like I love her too. I love her. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, we'll go together. We'll go together. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll go to the Granny garage. June. Yeah, we're going to the garage sales with Annie, Granny June. <laughs> well, Granny June is inspired by um, my cousin Elaine's grandma, and um, she's passed, but. Uh, when I lived in Sault Ste. Marie, I would take her to garage sales for James, you know, because she loved James Mishner and they had to be like pristine condition, hardback, you know, and um, she always would start every conversation as if she was, as if we were, had been in the middle of an argument. No matter when I saw her, she would just be like, well, then you did this. And I was like, wait, what? But that's just how she was. She just like, you know, had this little ornery, sassy thing about her. Oh my God. So yeah, I just, yeah. Bottle picking with Jonesy would be fun too, but I would not want to find a mess garbage baby. No, No. I wouldn't want to find a mess garbage baby either. (laughs) Stinky. Oh my goodness. Um, That is a great question. um, Well, we heard also that Mm -hmm. similarly to Donis, that you attended a seminar or workshop about making meth. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Was your experience similar to Donis's? And how does a non law enforcement type like get invited to (laughs) such a thing? Like, (laughs) did you make meth? I didn't actually make meth. Okay. And if I were put in a room with meth ingredients, I would not know how to make okay. meth. Okay, okay. But <laughs> I went to a training and observed okay. uh, different methods of making meth. Okay. And and how to identify clandestine meth labs. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, and it was through the state uh, police academy. And it was because there's a professor at Lake State University who had been in law enforcement and had, you know, contacts um, with the state police. And so I was on some committee or some like dinner in town and was talking to him about the book. And he was really interested. And he was like, Oh, you know, and students fingerprints would be like all over the different uh, chemical things in the storage room. So you wouldn't know what student, you know, like it just he had all these different ideas. Yeah. Yeah. But then he was like, hey, if I could arrange for this, would you be interested? And I was like, hell yeah. So, yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Nice. Oh okay. Goodness. Interesting. Networking. Yeah. You never know. No. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, also, we didn't get to spend a lot of time with Lily and Travis. Is there more to their backstory than there was in the book? 
or was it kind of just the face value of what was in the book? What I had always envisioned is that, you know, when Lily came to live with Granny June, you know, she had already been um, abused. You know, she had already been, um, you know, molested as a child and in, a, in uh, an unsafe situation. Um, and I had that like Travis's ability to make her laugh, mm-hmm. that that was, um, you know, I think sometimes relationships start out beautifully and then um, yeah. devolve. Right, mm-hmm. right. But for her, it was, you know, that Travis w- could make her laugh. Yeah. And then, you know, for, for Travis, just that Lily, you know, just the way that she would light up and that she was just such a, um, you know, had this, that she, you know, she was funny in her way too, yeah, yeah. but um, they were both really um, sexually active early mm-hmm. on. And right. I, and that's very common for uh, a, a child who's been molested right, yeah. to yeah. believe that's the only, you know, yeah. that's the way that she's valued. And that's how she connects with people. Yeah, right. so, Mm-hmm. Travis Travis's character was interesting in a way where in the beginning you really hate him mm-hmm. um but as it progresses and you find out that he was actually quite smart and that his mother was an addict and that he took the blame for Levi, Levi with the yeah. BB gun you kind of right. see this softer side, side of, of him, him. Yeah. um and that was yeah. kind of interesting as well mm-hmm. I just wanted to, for him to have layers and to not be a caricature and for us to like give a second look to people who are struggling with addictions and, um, you know, just to see more, to see more than the addiction. Right. Totally. Like with Stormy's parents. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Um, all right. What, what do you hope readers will take away from your story? That uh native people are still here and that we have exciting lives and um diverse experiences and and i hope it kind of uh whets the appetite to want to read more indigenous authors writing about their tribal communities yes because there's so many differences there can be no one single great native american novel because we're not a monolith and we have so many differences uh, not just between tribes, but within our tribal communities, there's so many differences. Absolutely. And and so it's like, yeah, there can be no singular story. Right. Um, so that, and like, actually, I, that's why I wrote the story in first person point of view, mm-hmm. uh, present tense is because I wanted that reader to be inside Damas's head and very much in the moment, just to drive that home about still being here. You know. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a great perspective. And when Sini was trilling on the ferry, Mm -hmm. those were pretty much her words. We are still here. We've faced worse. Like I cried. Yeah. I cried. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was really beautiful. That was a beautiful scene too. Mm -hmm. Too, This book, I'm telling you. There's so much. I'm gonna say you really did accomplish that though. Like we we Mm -hmm. are very much interested to read Mm -hmm. other works and learn more for sure. Yeah. And I hope we're, we're trying to do our work and learn more, learn on our own as well. And yeah, sort of just listen and and listen Mm -hmm. and just listen to people's stories Mm -hmm. is what, what people need. need. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Right. 
we have a few more questions for you yeah. if you're okay if that's okay I'm, yes okay okay, okay. <laughs> so um, these ones are kind of more like yes. writing specific questions. exactly um did you anticipate your book would become a number one new york time bestseller number one, <laughs> number one. <laughs> no i didn't i I always knew it was a great story. I always knew it would be published somewhere, somehow it was going to get published. Mm-hmm, right. um, but I didn't expect it to land as big as it did, mm-hmm. um, like beyond what I, you know, ever could have dreamed. I never could have imagined um, Reese's Book Club and yeah. the Obama's optioning it. Yeah. Netflix. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just, you know, if you can dream, if you can dream that specifically then yeah. i i want you to pick out some lottery numbers speaking of um congratulations on the series adaption i love that it's a team yes i love that it's going to be a series and that it's going to be so that hopefully um nothing gets missed. nothing gets yeah. like yeah yeah um, how involved will you be? Have you chatted about that? Because we need to see Donis in the red jumpsuit. We need to, we see, need it. to see it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'll be an executive producer, which I don't think that really means anything. Okay. okay. But, it is um, a fancy title. Yeah. It is. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and then I'll be a script consultant, but okay. I opted not to be a screenwriter. Okay. That would be I, difficult. I'd rather tell new story you know more mm-hmm. stories right okay, uh, yeah. set in my tribal community then I don't know how to I don't know how to be a screenwriter and totally. to take the time to to learn it and figure it out I, I'd rather take that time to write more Tell write more story. um, yeah. stories okay. yeah yeah we gotta see that right yeah we gotta though. see it that, yeah you gotta, you gotta just oh my like, gosh yeah. yeah and so I you know uh, we have two co-writers. Uh, one of them is the showrunner. So like the, yeah. you know, and uh, his name's Mickey Fisher. Ooh. And um, he's been a, you know, he's, he's worked extensively uh, in series television. And, right. and then um, the other co-writer is um, Winona Wilms and okay. she is Ojibwe from, oh. I believe, Bad River, Wisconsin. Oh, that's and, amazing. Oh, good. And, uh, and she's been a screenwriter for um, 20 years. And, and so I'm just, I'm really excited, um, about the, you know, they're working on, on script and you have people you can trust. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And then everyone at higher ground has just been so like committed to quality, committed to doing this right. That representation matters, that this story is something to take a deep dive into and not like, I'm glad it's not going to be a feature film. Yes. Yes. That you have to condense a 500 page book into um, a 90 page script. Yeah. And yes. so you have to cut out so much. And, and I'm really it's glad that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I'm really glad that with a series, you can really explore the characters sure. and yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Like I, we said in the beginning too, that mm-hmm. we, we were more, I was very excited to that learn was that series. it was a TV series yeah. because mm-hmm. even we've given the disclaimer every time we've started an episode with your book, like so much happens. Yeah. We can't cover it all. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's really great mm-hmm. that it's a series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you did mention this earlier, but will we see more of your writing? Do you have plans for more books and will it be indigenous based again? Yes, 
and yes and yes. Mm. So um, <laughs> uh, my contract with Macmillan was uh, is a two book deal. Oh. And so I am working on book two. And um, I would say if book one was pitched as Indigenous Nancy Drew, mm-hmm. then book two is pitched as Indigenous Lara Croft. But kind of raiding tombs, the main character is reclaiming ancestral remains uh, from museums and private collectors to bring back home. And in the course of one of her heists, things go very badly. That is oh, so okay. cool. That is really I'm cool. Really excited. Yes, <laughs> Thank me you too. so much for Thank sharing you. that with us. That was oh. that's awesome. Oh. And you did did you mention that we might be seeing Donis again? Um, it is book two is not a traditional sequel per okay. se. Okay, 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 so okay. It's still set in my tribal community. Yeah, okay. And there will be there will be many familiar faces. Okay, okay. I okay. actually kind of love. That I love that yeah. because yeah. we had talked about a book too, and yeah. I was like, this book is so good. I don't, uh, yeah. don't want it to be. Not that you would ruin it, but you know, <laughs> right? No, and I want to. I want to stay in young adult. I, I really, yeah. I like telling stories in that. Yeah you know, in that lane. Mm-hmm. And Donna's, you know, to pick up with her is yes. off to yeah. college and coming yeah. home in the summers. And yeah. Yeah. I just felt like um, I want people, I think Donna's is more interesting moving forward as a secondary character that we yeah. see from outside and that we're not in her head. Yeah. Um, I, I think she's, she'll be more interesting to see what she does from, you know, from another character's point of view of, of her. So, yeah. So in the second book, will we have another strong female lead? Of course. We love a good strong female lead. Yes. That's my lane. Oh my gosh. And so I'll tell you this story. So, um, you know, when I started writing, I was 44 and it took me, you know, 10 years. And, um, I remembered thinking, what if this is all I've got? Like this story has been with me since I was 18, like Mm -hmm. the first little idea spark and everything. And so I was like, well, I guess if this is it for me, you know, I'll make it epic and um, I'll just do the best with this story. And maybe that's all I've got in me is one story. Mm -hmm. So I was living in uh, DC, actually in Alexandria, Virginia, and I'm out for a walk on a Sunday and all I had, well, and then all of a sudden this character's voice popped into my head and she said, I stole everything they think I did and even stuff they don't know about. And I was like, who is this? And so I um, just, this voice just started coming to me. Like this character was like fully <laughs> formed. And so I ran into the nearest place, which it was this um cheese bar and definitely <laughs> and restaurant and like imported cheese it's called cheese teak it's oh in um, it's in Delray neighborhood of Alexandria and I like ran in because when I go out for a walk I just have my phone with me right and then I have um tucked in the high pocket I've got um my driver's license and my credit card just in right. case of an emergency yeah. or something so I run into the bar and of course I went to the bar part and I said um <laughs> uh can I get a piece of paper and a pen and a Chardonnay? And I just like sat there through two glasses of wine. And I just like, oh my um, 
wrote just this stream of consciousness of what this character was telling me and it that was the day I felt like a writer that that was the day that I felt like yep I have more well you're sitting at the bar writing on a piece of paper (laughs) drinking some wine like I don't think you can paint that Yeah. (laughs) yeah oh my god yeah it was that was a great that was a great moment that was like so um it was really wonderful. It was like, I'm not a one trick pony. I have yes. got more yeah. in me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I hope you feel mm-hmm. like a writer still to this day. I do. You I very do. much are. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. I've got, we've got some more, I, I don't want to say it's personal, but like not really necessarily book related. Um, this one comes from our listener, Shelby, who is also my sister-in-law, who I adore. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's asking, would you be able to talk a little bit more about your experience in a community in the middle of international borders? She finds it really interesting about how Indigenous communities were impacted by different borders. Right. So um, where uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan and Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario mm-hmm. are separated by the St. Mary's River, which is an international border. Mm-hmm. Well, Sugar Island is like off to the um, east of Sugar Island or of uh, Sault Ste. Marie. And when they originally were going to draw the border, they were going to use the river um, the part of the river that the that the boats would go through right. it was like that would be the border okay. but that would put sugar island in canada right uh, territory um and so they did it a different way and so that's why sugar island is part of the us and not part of canada right um and it's just kind of that um arbitrariness of well, they drew the line this day. And maybe if they would have decided on something else, it would have been drawn a different way. And just how that would have impacted all the um, Indigenous people that that lived on Sugar Island, that, you know, um, everything about their governance and um, that it, it would be so different just by that one decision. Totally. Um, And then too, like uh, the experience that Donis tells Jamie about, about um, her uncle Art uh, getting a gun pulled on him at the border. That, ha- yeah. that happened to um, my cousin Deb, um, her husband. Uh, oh. I, I talked with him. He's, um, he's Native and he's Black. And I um, asked him about his experiences mm-hmm. and he shared that one with me and I said is that is that okay for me to include that in in the book and he said yeah and so that was based on on his experience and where you know at the border just you know because he had you know has dark skin that mm-hmm. uh, he had a, a really scary experience and yeah. and so I just wanted to show show that yeah, mm-hmm. that was a really profound yeah. part of the book as yeah. well. Just the reality mm-hmm. of, especially for the twins, like yeah. how Teddy was worried Please just based on them. like the facts yeah. and and the discrimination. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really profound yeah. part, definitely. And for Donna's to really think about her privilege, mm-hmm. but then also that even with her privilege, um, her um, getting justice. Uh, in the end that she was reduced to just an Indian woman Mm -hmm. 
and, and wasn't able to get justice for the crimes that were committed against yeah. her. Oh yeah. That yeah. was really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I just hate Grant. I just hate yes, him. Do him. you hate him? Did you hate him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. good. <laughs> yeah, I do. I just, I just really wanted him to just be so villainy, yes. but yet you don't know for sure if he's involved in the drugs. Yeah. yeah. But what he is guilty of is just, is that heinous uh, predatory behavior that, um, you know, that adults have towards like fetishizing indigenous women. Um, And, and that, you know, I, I wanted to speak to that, you know, that entitlement. Right. Totally. Um, He was very arrogant. He was like grooming, even the, like, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Also, we just wanted to know if your children have read your book. You have oh, adult children, right? I do. Yeah, I do. I have two boys. They're 27 and, oh, well, two young men. They're 27 and 26. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I well, I think my oldest boy has listened to the audio book. Do you read it? No, 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 no I don't. <laughs> um I'm not sure that my middle child has finished, like read it. I, we've listened to it in the car um, and we've gotten to a certain point and we haven't had any long car rides lately. So <laughs> I don't know if that's as much as he's gotten of the story oh or God. not, but my daughter is just my number one fan. She's 22 and she is a senior in college and she's just been my number one fan. When I first started writing, she I would tell her like the basic idea for the story about this indigenous Nancy Drew. And she was like, that sounds really good. Like better than Twilight. And to her, like that was like the gold standard. And she would be like, the more I would tell her about different parts of the story and where it might go, she was like, this would be a really good movie, just like Twilight. And it just, it cracked me up because her little standard of- excellent yeah, twilight yeah. that's so sweet yeah. i love that mm, i mean too. and it's such a great I, I mean she's 22 so she's a young woman mm-hmm. and having you as her mother and even like donis is a great role model as well mm-hmm. i can only imagine she'll probably she'll yeah. be a beautiful yeah. woman yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where the science and math landed was with my daughter oh, oh interesting okay. Okay. that's interesting <laughs> yeah. um okay what team are you on audiobooks ebooks or physical books audiobooks audiobooks okay yeah well um my dad was a truck driver okay and um so we've been listening to books on tape tape, you know since they were on cassette tapes Mm -hmm. and truck drivers at different truck stops you they would have like this lending program where you could um check out uh, like a library yeah and then at another truck stop you could turn that one in and get another one that's so cool and so when my dad would be talking on the cb he'd be talking with other truckers who were readers and they my dad would be like hey i just read this good one that's you know and so they had their own book club (laughs) they did and so i just we always grew up listening i did a lot of reading but um, I always loved audiobooks, and now um, 
I, I consume more books in the audio format than I do in the physical format. But if I really love a story that I've listened to, I will buy the book because when I go through it again, I want to read it to see the, um, the craft decisions that the author right, made. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like when I want to break it down into its nuts and bolts and analyze uh, the craft, the art and the craft of writing, I, definitely a physical book. Would you listen to a book that has a bad narrator or like someone who's difficult to listen to? I, that has been like a do not finish thing on some, a couple of books. Is <laughs> like, <a> thing. <laughs> you know, if the voice is monotone or um, I've seen like where author, or I've listened to where authors choose to read their book. And See, this is a thing, and they shouldn't have. No, because they like sometimes it's even like weird, weird how where they take their breaths, and it's like they're not a narrator. Yeah. They have many gifts, many talents, but narrating is a skill, and it's yeah. not with them. It's not with and, everyone. And so I, yeah, I made a conscious decision not to read my book. Oh, uh, I was. I that was able sense. to have input. Um, I really wanted a indigenous narrator and mm-hmm. the publisher, they, they've been so good to me. And they were like, that sounds really good. So we posted on a lot of social media platforms, like seeking indigenous narrators. Oh, and that's, that's how we got um, Isabella Star LeBlanc is the one who read the audiobook, And she sent in an audition and she sent in like it was like five minute audition and she did a little bit from the beginning and then a little bit of the scene with um uh donis and granny june and lily in the jeep and and then one short scene with donis and jamie and i loved her great like first when i heard her voice i was like she sounds the way donis sounds in my head okay okay but then when she did granny june i was like oh she got it she captured i'm gonna have to listen to it okay we we should both listen we should this should be my audiobook chantel's first audiobook yeah and (laughs) what really makes it great is that we worked with um dr margaret noden from university wisconsin at milwaukee on all the language so all the um anishinaabe moen uh all the ojibwe language words uh we worked on the pronunciations for that so isabella Mm -hmm. um you know would know how to pronounce things because dr noden wanted the book to be used as a teaching tool for people who are learning Ojibwe language Mm -hmm. so yeah so I just I do I love my audiobook and yep that's actually very cool because when we were reading the book Mm -hmm. I was looking up how to Mm -hmm. pronounce some of the words and it was actually not available like there was no yeah there was nothing for some words yeah Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. sure so it's so reading the audiobook she started a website called um ojibwe.net Okay. And um, she's going to put some language resources on there. Oh, um, I think maybe broken down by chapter of uh, words and pronunciations. Oh, amazing. That's, cool. That's amazing. That is very cool. Yeah. Um, right. We've got one last question one last for question. you. Okay. What, what is your favorite book? I just finished uh, reading Ace of Spades. Okay. Okay. And oh my gosh, I like saw out the author and I'm like, if you want me to write a book blurb for your, you know, the next printing or the paperback, I'm on board. I just, this this book just, um, um, it's described as, it's comped as uh, 
uh, Gossip Girl meets Get Out. And I've never heard a more true um, uh, description of a book. I've actually, yeah, I think I've got this on my want to read. So perhaps that could be an August book. Yes, maybe we'll take your suggestion (laughs) for August. Yeah. Yeah. That was just fantastic. Um, Other native authors that I just love, um, Marcy Rendon is one. She wrote this mystery uh, called uh, Murder on the Red River. And um, the main character is 19, I think. And it's set in 1970s. But um, the writer, Marcy, writes the way that Ojibwe storytellers tell stories where they are so descriptive that you can actually, you know, like envision, you know, yeah. You yeah. you're just you're right there, all of your senses, and wow, and I just cool. I really I really liked uh, that. Amazing. Yeah, that is that sounds really good. good. Are there any other mm-hmm. Indigenous authors that you'd like to shout out? Uh, Erica T. Worth, Cynthia Leidich Smith, uh, Kelly Joe Ford. Uh, oh, I read this book, um, Alatsui by uh, Darcy Little Badger, okay. and that is. Um, it's young adult and this uh, young woman, she is trying to figure out who killed her cousin. And it's set in this world where they have, they say um, they have pistachio ice cream and, you know, all these things about our world, but they, she also has like a ghost dog, like her dog Kirby (laughs) that passed away. Like he's still with her. Like she, she can call for him and he'll come, you know, and be next to her and everything. And, um, and they have vampires too. And it just, it's so cool because it's just kind of this, um, mystery and it has uh parts of her culture in it um and then vampires and ghost dogs <laughs> and so yeah that sounds cool. that sounds good yeah, yeah. great is there okay. anything else you'd like to add yeah I would say that for any of your listeners mm-hmm. if they would like a personalized book plate to follow me on Instagram and slide into the DMs and let me know their, uh, just let me know mailing address. And if you want it to like, you know, for so-and-so, you know, just the, a name of how you would want that. I, I will do a personalized book plate to any of your listeners. That is oh, so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's really, oh, that's really, really lovely. Really lovely. Thank yep. you. Honestly, like when you reached out to us, I was couldn't believe it yeah. that it was you. Like, I- <laughs> yes, we were shocked, and all day on Sunday, I guess we yeah. were like freaking, freaking out, both running around the house we were, yelling. Yeah, we were like, "Oh my gosh!" My husband's like, "Is everything okay?" And I'm like, "I can't talk right now. I don't know how to describe." This. We didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So thank you, thank you so much. We are so welcome. I was just so impressed with the deep dive that that you did. I mean, you committed four episodes of your podcast, and your yeah. podcast isn't one of these like little twenty minute, you know, ones. <laughs> like it's a deep dive, and I just really appreciated. Um, the things that you loved about each uh, section of the book and the questions that you had and the things that surprised you and, and the things that you figured out like early on. Um, <laughs> Sean's so, yeah. on his taps were too nice. His taps yeah. were too yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I just, I appreciate 
the things, the effort that you guys put into loving books so much and oh, wanting to share that experience um, with well, it was certainly your very easy in your book. Yeah, your book was. <laughs> It oh was my God. so good. And everybody in yeah. the, like the book club has yes. loved it too. Yeah. So, yeah. well, we'll have to do something special uh, when book two comes out. We'll have yeah, to sure. like, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I know. Laura too. Croft meets. Oh my oh, goodness. This is going to be oh, cool. That's going to be cool. We're excited. Yeah. For Laura sure. Croft meets Oceans 8. Oh. Tyson. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. now you've yeah. sparked, sparked our, our fancy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Oh, okay. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Miigwech. Miigwech. Thank you thank so you. much. We're so honored. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.